0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to ASUG Talks, Candid Career Conversations, a podcast production of the America's SAP Users Group. I'm Laurel nelson Rowe, Managing Editor with ASUG, and your ASUG Talks Season 2 podcast host. In each Candid Career Conversation episode, we explore career paths and progress, experiences and insights, moments of success, and decision do-overs with ASUG members who have led or participated in SAP technology projects and enterprise-wide IT initiatives. We know the work-life stories, the high points, the sage advice, and tough lessons learned will engage you, will inspire you, and you are our audience across the information technology, SAP customer, and ASUG member community. It's time for today's talk. Let's get to it. Today, I'm happy to be joined by Darren Schultz, AMS in Commercial and Logistics with Brascom America. Hello, Darren, and welcome to ASAC Talks. Hey,
1: thanks for inviting me, Laura.
0: You are most welcome. We're going to start out with a little bit of background about you before we jump into that real candid career conversation. So here's your first question. Where did you grow up, and did that affect in any way the professional that you became, and if so, how?
1: I grew up in a town called uh, Finleyville, PA, which is in the the western part of the state, just below Pittsburgh. So, if you if you look on a map below Pittsburgh, there's a large blank spot out in the countryside. So, living out in the country allowed me to learn a lot about how to fix things with you know very little understanding. So, this. This feeling carried over to my professional life that you never stop learning and you're always wanting to grow.
0: So you're a problem solver and a fixer. Oh, yeah. (laughs) What did you want to be as a kid and why did you want to be that? And did that influence how you became professional in IT?
1: I was just describing the guy in the country. But when I was in high school, I I was considering being an airline mechanic because I was good at working with the tools and motorized equipment, you know, fixing things, you know. I could repair, you know, almost anything that we had at home and being a mechanic felt like a natural fit. So my father talked me out of it and suggested I should attend college instead. So I did go to college and sometimes I wonder, you know, what if, you know, because of that change in that direction.
0: Going to college and early in your career, did you want a career in information technology? Did you seek that out?
1: Actually, no. I mean, back then I didn't. IT was not really a profession back then, if you think about it. Back in the, you know, the, the mid to late '80s, uh, it existed, but it was more, you know, mainframe and things like that.
0: Coming out of college, what was your intention at that point?
1: I did have a a desire to be in IT. I had a better understanding of the, you know, the options that were available, and then the market was just becoming more of an Apple or PC-based. It was relatively new back then. So it was mostly, you know, IBM mainframe work at the time.
0: So what was your first job related to IT and SAP solutions? When, where did that happen? How did it happen?
1: Back in 2007, uh, I was working for Sunoco Chemicals, and we were transitioning away from an old DEC VAX legacy, and an IBM mainframe to something, you know, something called SAP. What's that? You know, I had an idea what I was getting into, you know, moving from a very comfortable job position to something unknown was strange lingo. You know, I started attending the the SD meetings, you know, because I supported this area for the company, but definitely drinking from the fire, fire hose was so many different terms and so much complexity.
0: Something called SAP.
1: Yeah, back then. Yeah. What is that? <laughs> What's it stand for? I don't know. You have to go look it up.
0: Do you think you are a career path planner, a responsive career opportunist, a combination, a hybrid?
1: Yeah, I would say it's a combination. When I first started out in IT, you know, I was struggling financially just like you know most people do. And I had no career. I had no career path. I didn't know what I wanted to do. You know, once settling into a larger company, you know, I was able to think about what I wanted to achieve in my career. I wanted to move up, get promotions, just like everyone else does, but you know, I had no plan on how to get there. There was an option to go back to school and get my master's, which that did help me succeed. But I had to prove to myself that I could be counted on, you know, by my peers and had to work hard, you know, to reach that next level and gain the trust of everybody.
0: So ASUG Talks includes a few lightning round questions where we try to put a lot of information into a short amount of time. So your first lightning round question. In two minutes or less, just please share with the audience your career highlights.
1: So I received a MIS degree from the Pennsylvania State University. You know those from Ohio uh, probably recognize the, but actually the was started before that. I started my first IT job with 84 Lumber in 84 PA. Yes, there is a town called 84 in Pennsylvania, out in the middle of Washington County. <laughs> I began in the computer room, running batch jobs, mounting real tape drives, Winchester drives, adding paper to line printers, delivering paper reports. And after six months, I got promoted. They called it out into the programming area. That was a big step. And I I started to support the uh, HR group with their uh, new application for payroll that they were buying. Everyone in IT needs to support payroll at some point in their career to clearly understand why it's hard to do it. So I left there, I went to the big city of Pittsburgh and started with Aristek Chemical, supporting the order to cash applications. And during this time is when I completed my master's degree from CMU. Aristek was then sold to Sunoco Chemicals and then sold again to my current company, Brass Chem America. And since I started at Aristec, I've been sort of working for the same company, but with new company names. And I've been doing this IT thing now for thirty years.
0: What's been your favorite job or role or responsibility to date across those thirty years?
1: It was learning SAP uh, during our conversion project in two thousand seven. You know, going from a digital VAX legacy to SAP. You know, it was. Fast-paced learning experience, so many moving parts, and it had to all come together for the, you know, the big bang, go live.
0: On the other hand, what's been the most challenging role responsibility <laughs> to date, and why was that so challenging?
1: My first job at 84 Lumber, supporting all the payroll areas for all the stores and headquarters. So it was so stressful getting everyone's paycheck printed, since that's how you paid employees back in 1988. Everyone got a check. I was working on that project, to implement this, and there was four others that worked with me. And by the time we went live, it was just me. So I was the only one supporting it. I got it done, but realized how it took a toll on my mental being. You know, I never knew how to ask for help. Being just 22, and knew it. It had to work right. You know, people were going to yell at you back then. You'd be surprised when someone's paycheck is off by a penny, and they want that penny. You know, you couldn't say that it was due to rounding. You know, you you just couldn't say that. They want their penny. So,
0: what uh, what's been your best career decision to date, and what what went into that decision making process?
1: Well, this may sound strange in the current IT environment, but I chose to stay at my company and not leave, like many did over the years. Uh, You know, the the folks that you started out with. They come and go, and these same people move so many times going to different companies and they feel they were never happy. It didn't matter where they were. They just weren't going to be happy anyways. But there is something about being familiar with uh, work processes and being able to influence you know how it can be improved You know, by staying. The younger folks these days, they need to change every few years, but it's hard.
0: Is there anything in your career that you would like to do over and why?
1: There was a time where I had a very difficult boss and I made some mistakes early in my career with him. And I know everyone's always had a difficult boss throughout the years. And I spoke up, I thought that I was helping out our IT group when I mentioned that there were some users that really didn't like working with this certain fellow employee in our group. This backfired and now I was the problem employee, right? So I I joke about this issue now with my old boss and, and we're good friends now. We've always been. I've known him for, oh, twenty eight, twenty seven years now. So he was my first boss. We were both inexperienced in our roles, and I, <laughs> you learned really quickly about big business. Then, you know,
0: <laughs> what did it teach you?
1: Well, it taught you how to offer feedback. You know, instead of going to your boss and saying, "Hey." this such and such user just came to me and they don't like working with this person. You know, you have to learn how to say it the right way and offer feedback.
0: There's a way to do that. And and you learned it for your future.
1: Oh yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yes, I did.
0: Was there ever a job that you wanted and never got?
1: Yeah. You know, there's, there's always this career form of some sort that HR asked every employee to fill out along the way. And there's a question of where do you want to be in five years, right? So I I would put on there that I wanted to be the IT director, you know, since this would show HR that I wanted to be on the fast track, I want to get promoted. Well, this eventually made its way back to our IT director and now he wanted to discuss it with me. I'm taking his job. (laughs) Well, it was a good way to let him know that I was serious about learning and moving up. But yeah, you know, knowing what I know now, yeah, you know, I would have I've never been prepared for that position at such a young age, you know, being in your mid to late twenties.
0: And is that still an intention that you put down on your HR form?
1: I do that as a joke now. Yeah. So <laughs> I still we we haven't been asked that in a long time, but I still do that. But I would never want that job now. No.
0: <laughs> what education and training experiences have been essential for your roles and your responsibility?
1: My MS degree, it allowed me to have classes not just in programming, but also you know various business classes. You, know, you get a, a rounded education and not become just a headstone backroom coder. I mean, don't get me wrong, I mean all companies do need this type of person, but they also need someone that understands, you know, what the business is describing and can explain this to this program in a language that everybody under graphs understands.
0: So it's that that business Acumen plus the the technical skill base.
1: The degree it gives you all the programming classes. It gives you the analysis classes. It gives you the marketing, the business, and also the the other ones that everybody hates. You know the econ and the uh, the general science. You got to take a little bit of everything. So you never know where you're going to end up.
0: What's the best advice that a mentor ever gave to you about your job or your role responsibilities?
1: Learn as much as you can about your role and the business areas in the company, not just the area that you're in. You know, it, it goes a long way when you can talk about a topic with the business, when you understand what they do in their role. You know, I've been working in this type of business for so long and retained so much about how our business works that I, you know, sometimes question business users on their request. I explain why it would or wouldn't be good and they're grateful for that because they're not sure of how it could affect all the other areas by their change that they're asking for.
0: So a mentor offered that to you and you've passed that along to other colleagues and generations.
1: Yes, I try to, yes.
0: Here's a second lightning round question. What are the three things that you've learned over time in this field that people should know?
1: Be willing to speak up and offer help to your fellow IT members, business users. Uh, you know, one day it might be you that needs their help. You know, that simple thing it goes a long way with your peers. Again, understanding the business process before making any changes. You know, don't immediately offer a solution without a complete picture because it usually doesn't meet the user's needs. <laughs> I remember a cartoon that showed a bunch of programmers with their heads down with the boss saying, let me go ask them what they need and you guys start coding now, you know.
0: (laughs) That's not the way to do it?
1: (laughs) Yeah. And uh, the last one is suggest more than one option for a solution and it will allow the user to feel that they had a bigger part in the final decision and allow more dialogue on the topic. It may turn out that your understanding of the issue is completely wrong, you know, based on that discussion.
0: Is there an ex- a specific example of that last lesson learned that you can recall for the audience?
1: Yeah, it, it's happened, you know, more than one time. You're in a, a discussion about a change, and, and I'm guilty of this all the time that I immediately have a solution for them up front, you know, before going into the meeting. I sort of know what they want. I go in and I have to stop myself. I have to finish listening to them completely. Maybe there are some other options that we hadn't thought of, and then offer them, you know, multiple ones.
0: I hear a lot of passion in terms of your your experience and your expertise. Why are you passionate about what you do?
1: I gain a a simple, you know, satisfaction in completing a task that, you know, it solves a business problem. You know, there are days where, you know, that doesn't always happen, but walking away, coming back, you know, sometimes a solution just pops up and it's it's not where you thought it was or what you thought it was going to be, you know, something entirely different. So I'm looking for something that works, you know, every time, without some, you know, manual intervention by someone. It's good to, as I say, pressing the easy button, right?
0: That doesn't happen very often, mm-hmm. does it? No, it doesn't. But <laughs> what's most difficult about what you do on a day-to-day basis?
1: Well, I know some folks are not going to like this answer, but I have issues with auditors. Um, <laughs> They come to me since I understand almost every area within our, you know, SD logistics area in our company. And trying to explain to a 20-something-year-old fresh out of college about shipping rail cars and why you can't go count inventory out in the railroad yard. You know, they're not going to let you in to do that. And uh, they want to know, you know where every rail car is in North America, but they still question the responses once I explain where they are and uh I understand they're they're just trying to complete their tasks but it's hard each year when there's another new auditor another youngster coming in you know, have to explain the same answers over and over
0: because
1: we're we're working with the railroads and the railroads give us they're called car location messages where the car is going past a reader and it's not really a city it's a location for the railroad and you give this to the auditor and they say, but this city doesn't exist. You know, I can't find this city on the map. I said, yeah, it's a railroad city. That's why it doesn't exist. So,
0: <laughs> But I bet over time in terms of auditors, as frustrating as it is year upon year, you've come to make auditors your friend through diplomacy.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I learned something early on from someone that was internal audit We were answering questions for the IRS, which happens all the time. And we're sitting in a meeting and uh, the the IRS auditor was asking for these things. And I said, yeah, I could do this and this and how about this and this. And then after the meeting, the internal guy pulled me over. He says, do not ever offer them anything in addition to what they're asking for.
0: (laughs) Good example. What are you most proud of in your professional life and why?
1: Being able to say I enjoy my job and happy working with SAP, I know that you know lots of people look up to me for answers because I've been here for so long. Darren always has an opinion on something, you know. Like I always have something to say, whether right, wrong, good, bad. You know, I don't. Sometimes I talk with no filter. Maybe I shouldn't, but I see that a lot of people respect that. You know, there's there's those who will give the politically correct answer. And I'll give them the right answer, or maybe not what they want to hear, but something that's realistic.
0: Realistic, honest, and truthful. Yeah. Source of trust. Your third lightning round question What are the three best pieces of advice you'd give to those interested in a career in IT using SAP technologies and solutions?
1: Seek out a mentor that's willing to give you some simple advice. I work with someone who who mentors younger people starting in the company. And it's funny where we'll get into the discussion and I'll be mentoring him. It's kind of strange, you know, he'll, he'll ask me about a certain situation and he knows that I've dealt with this person in the past and uh, I'll offer, you know, some advice for him. It's, 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 you know, it's therapy. is how I look at it. You know, it's kind of fun. Second item, learn as much as you can while you have the opportunity. I know that at least within our company, they offer classes. They offer training. Take it while you can. If it's if it's available, if it's something new, who knows? You might use it. You know, uh, at least you'll be able to talk intelligently about it if the topic comes up, and be willing to ask questions that you're thinking, and know when to listen and not talk.
0: So, offering questions as well as listening when questions. Are answered or advice is given.
1: Yeah, there's times in when you want to speak up and say some things, but it's it's just better off to let the person you know complete their sentence and not say anything. It goes both ways, you know. You have to be, have to know that fine line when to ask questions and when not to. Mm-hmm.
0: It is a fine line. Your wrap up question for ASUG Talks this episode of ASUG Talks. If you could have one superpower, any superpower, to be better at your job and more successful in your career, what would that be?
1: Think about this for a moment. You're able to read people's minds. (laughs) Wouldn't it speed up understanding what's going on, remove obstacles, almost any situation, you know? It it also would work at home with your spouse.
0: (laughs) Read people's minds. Anybody and everybody, I take it.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. Well, that's great. I don't know that we can get that to you for the superpower. And thank you for this conversation, Darren. Really appreciated it.
1: Yeah. Thank you for the opportunity.
0: What a great wisdom-filled way to end this ASUG Talks Candid Career Conversation episode. I'm sure our audience agrees. And speaking of audience, let's continue to expand our engaged listeners and our ASUG Talks guest list. If it's time for you to ASUG talk with me in a candid career conversation of your own from your office or work from home space, contact me, Laurel Nelson Rowe, ASUG managing editor and your podcast host via ASUG.com. We want to schedule your talk time now and remember to share this and every ASUG Talks episode with colleagues, with friends, with your professional network and coworkers on your teams across your enterprise. ASUG Talks is available on ASUG.com and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Until we talk again.